Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Doyle Donahue for Aliens Dark Descent. It's a real-time tactics game set 19 years after the original Alien and Aliens trilogy. And you can hear it and instantly know it's from that world. Doyle also is an engineer. He designed his own MIDI software in the early 2000s. He's adept at programming. Uh, In fact, he talks about programming uh, in the same way as he talks about composition in that both practices involve combining small pieces of information into something more complex, you know, like notes that become a piece of music or small instructions that become a larger computer function. And he's a massive fan of the Alien franchise. He saw it in the theater in 1979. What else he saw in the theater? He was one of the first people in the world to see Star Wars. So he talks about that experience too, which is really cool. Anyway, we start off talking about that passion of his that he has for the Alien franchise. Believe me, I have a stack of books that are all about Alien. They're newspapers, programs, uh, graphic novels, the whole thing. Because I saw it, I saw Alien uh, in the movie theater in a, in a curved screen, Cinerama kind of thing in a dome theater. And it scared the crap out of me when I yeah, heard it. It's terrifying. Just the, just the credits with the music yeah. scared the crap out of me. And yeah. then and then as the movie, I, I love the movie. and. Uh, I remember I went back like several times to see the movie. I remember having to take a you know a, a bathroom break, and I was <laughs> I was back in the lobby, and there were people who had fled to the lobby <laughs> who couldn't handle it, and it, someone actually puked. <laughs> I mean, so, it, so I know the impact of it. I mean, I am very familiar with the impact of the movie and how yeah how it's beloved in some in some masochistic ways, I must say, but still beloved. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just absolutely fantastic. And, and you know, the the movies have a sound, right? I mean, thanks to absolutely. Goldsmith and Horner, and, like, they did such just amazing musical things. And yeah, Goldsmith, uh, Horner, and Goldenthal. I, I, yep. I always include him as well. For sure, uh, Elliot Goldenthal. You can say Frizzle, too, but, you know, uh, <laughs> who does some good things, but, you know, kind of diminishes... Uh, you know, and, or changes, and, you know, changes. It changed. Yeah. Yeah. I, that kind of I, kind of leads to a point that, that I saw is that as a person who has a wall full of soundtracks, <clears throat> you know, and mostly in CDs and some, you know, black licorice too, you know, vinyl. <clears throat> you know, I, I do have the when the aliens first came out in vinyl, I got that. So I probably have one or two copies of that as well as a stack of of CDs from the various releases and stuff. And and my philosophy is that if you're going to do Star Wars or work in the Star Wars franchise, you should be doing, you should be speaking the same musical language as John Williams. You know, I think too often, I mean, maybe as a listener to you probably have this sort of, sort of same sort of feeling is that you've seen a movie, you've seen this franchise and you know, it has a certain sound and feeling and they make sequels to it and you're disappointed because it, it lost something because they're not, because the composer is not speaking that musical language. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you're doing examples. Star Wars, you should be doing something, you should be influenced by John Williams. So, and yeah. I thought, and since I was probably the first to do really to do a score for Warhammer, I think I'm kind of like, the, the music <laughs> I created the musical language for Warhammer because yeah. I know because I've talked to them. There's composers who's had me thrown up in their face about influences how they <laughs> wanted to sound like, which I think is logical. I mean, mm-hmm. so when it comes to to Alien, I mean, I mean, I love the the music of all the music of Alien, especially the first three movies, and so I, I did not want to disappoint people to who played some played a game an Alien space game and be disappointed that it doesn't have the sound or feel of it. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that was the studio's uh, approach too, as well with the game, because it's a squad based thing and they, they use the same environments, you know, you have things aboard spaceships and aboard colonies and you have an industrial environment, all that stuff there uh, that, you know, was influenced by the movie, uh, by the movies, which it should be because this is a franchise. So, <laughs> right. So I I did not want to disappoint the fans at all. It just disappointed me. I wanted the 
I wanted this game to sound like they were playing on the movies. So that was my yeah. goal when I when I set out to to do this score. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels and sounds like that. And and one of the things that I love about it that that reminds me so much of of the originals is that feeling of space where you use the orchestra in this way where it's like it almost feels like you're walking on plate glass. Like it's so delicate and far away, but it sounds so giant and huge. And, and I foreboding. Just, yeah, <laughs> and I, I loved that. Like what's out there? I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a kind of ghost house kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, one of the things I did for the, this is kind of a side thing if you're a real soundtrack fan, is that I went to the first two uh uh, two movies, soundtrack CDs, and I ripped them. And what I went through is I went and got sounds, not melodies, not themes, not concepts, but sounds that I thought that sounded, that made the sound of the aliens. Like, for example, we call uh, Echo Colenio, uh, yeah. which you hear the plap, 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 and the little yeah. horn or trumpet, da -da -da, da -da -da, da -da -da. that gives yeah. you more of that feeling of space and foreboding mm -hmm. and that, the, you know, of bad stuff, you know, is yeah. going to happen soon, you know, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I, I, I probably isolated about 50 of those sounds and, and, and tried to use them whenever I could. It was appropriate in the soundtracks too. And which was happened to be a lot of times because there's a lot of sneaking around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I had these little sounds I put in there. So I, I thought it was key indicators of, you know, of the alien score. What a lot of what made the alien scores alien was some of these sounds that was in there. And so uh, besides just the melodies and, and the approach to the music stuff, there was also the sounds because so there was a lot of sound design in the movies, uh, you know. So, yeah. And I wanted to follow that as well in, in the cues that I did. do this really I, I love the technique of like you putting the orchestra in octaves and they're kind of moving in unison up this and that also created this feeling of big space to me by having sections of the orchestra in these giant octaves you know moving around I loved that yeah it, it does a lot of stuff where it just takes you up a cliff and, and re reaches kind of a crescendo and then just drops you off yeah yeah <laughs> you know and that, that was kind of one of the techniques of the, of the original scores, too. They did that as well. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so that is that is definitely an indicator I wanted to follow. And I think I did that as well in the, in the, in the soundtrack. Yeah, so how did how did you get involved with it and how long did you have to work on it and all of those kinds of fun details? Actually, I got on pretty early. Oh, um, okay. And one of the reasons why I got on early is because the people I was working with, Tendalos, I'd, done, I'd already done, you know, some games for them as well. Uh, in the Warhammer universe, the, uh, the uh, you know, Battle Battlefleet Gothic, or what do they call it? Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, which was a space kind of Warhammer game, which is kind of a different sort of thing. And, and it was pretty successful. I think they did really well. And so they put together a proposal, uh, which was lucky for me because their proposal was pretty detailed and had a lot of alien stuff in it. And I was able to use the, you know, their videos and their proposals to, uh, to, uh, score to you know to for, for suggest ideas. So they okay. came with this proposal uh, to and then they took it to Disney 20th Century Fox and and they so it went from there. So okay. and, and they got it. So I so I I got in pretty early. I mean they they knew when they wanted to use me and I 
And I, I'm not sure if I, I had, we had discussed aliens before and we might have because uh, one of the, one of the races in Warhammer is Tyranids and Tyranids are very alien-like, you know, they're, they're kind of insectoid sort of things. And, and they really have that kind of alien sort of, you know, uh, feel to them as far as, you know, get too close to them and they'll rip your face off kind of thing. You know? <laughs> so, uh, and plus there was, I've done a lot of stuff in Warhammer with Tyranids. So uh, there's a lot of, I'm, I, I was used to doing a lot of sneaking around music, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, so that, so that was kind of a natural evolution anyway, because we had Tyranids, we've done stuff in Tyranids before. I've had that kind of, I was always trying to put in that. I was directly, matter of fact, it, some of the references that uh, I tend to those think I did in the past was aliens for some of the things that he wanted. Oh, or, okay. And so, I was already doing a lot of that stuff for a long time. I'm on my own. I would have to say that I, when the scores came and I and I started composing, I was definitely you know you know going through the score and trying to get the feel of it to look at the orchestrations and see how the what orchestral devices is being used and all that stuff. And I did it way before I ever got a job because I thought hopefully someday I'll be working on an alien score. And, <laughs> And surprise, surprise! I think my my assistant was more uh, surprised than I was. I, I I thought, well, finally it's here, you know, at last, you know. Last. And so it kind of blew him away. To you know, I, I when he was asking, "What's the new one going to be? What's the new one going to be?" And I sent him a, this picture of the slavering alien. And I said, "This is the next one." <laughs> so. That's fantastic. I yeah, love. By oh. the way, my assistant composer is Nikola Jeremic, and he's in Slovenia. Oh, and cool. uh, he, he's been working with me for the last 10 years or so. And, oh, wow. uh, and he's starting to do more stuff on his own, which is good because it's part of the mentoring process. Yeah. I want him to, to be able to branch out and do things on his own. Yeah. So now, how but, did you two uh, yeah. get connected? How did you meet up with uh, someone he, in Slovenia? He did a lot of begging. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> he was contacting me and showing, yeah. showing me stuff. And I said, yeah. ah, give the guy, sure, give the guy a shot. Plus, you know, he's young and, uh, and eager to learn and, and, yeah. uh, and, he, and I, I think he has talent. And cool. so, and so I, 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 I mentor him. I actually, I pay him fairly pretty well for, for what he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and this so far it's worked out pretty well. And he's probably wondering what the next thing is. And I don't know what the next thing is, but uh, something will come along. I eventually usually does. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. Indeed. <laughs> With regards to, you know, listening to your Warham some of your Warhammer music, also is epic, huge orchestral. Um, but, and I know there's a lot of it that I have not heard, obviously. Yeah. But, um, but it, it seems like you know, just on cursory listens, it tends to be a tiny bit more tonal, in a way, the Warhammer music than what alien your aliens music was do you have a sense of that or, or am yeah, I, sort yeah. of i mean there's just there there's like key scenes and things that you have to to be more melodic with sure you know? yeah sure. Uh, like for example um we i kind of divided it down to <clears throat> exploration discovery and storytelling and sure. confrontation and then ultimately you know the boss fight kind of thing the big <laughs> yeah. confrontations yeah. so but a lot of that in between stuff is a lot of the moody stuff you hear and there the sneaking around stuff so uh it, it kind of provides a nice contrast to when you actually start doing something melodic that kind of jumps mm -hmm. out and the alien movies did that a, a lot too i mean mm -hmm. horner definitely did uh i mean of course, uh, Goldsmith did as well, but I, Horner, you know, he he gravitated towards that too, just coming along and doing something that was very, uh, you know, very melodic or something that mm -hmm. that was actually kind of sad almost, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, like just in the opening scenes of uh, of uh, Aliens, you know, you have this very nice 
violin kind of stuff. And I kind of echoed that, yeah. by the way, in the bonus track. If you if you listen to the bonus track, we're actually yeah yeah, yeah. we did some of the, some of the themes. And uh, I thought it would be useful to do, by the way, to do that sort of thing is is to reproduce some of the main themes that I heard uh, in the Alien franchise. And because, you know, the the, the, the OSTs for, for the Alien franchise, are the first three movies are so old, I don't think they were recorded very well in comparison to today's. Yeah, recording yeah. tech. I mean, a lot sure. has happened since the 80s, you know, <laughs> in the audio yeah. world. There's a lot of happened. And so it it's someone's going to probably do redo it someday. It's going to go back there and take all these scores and re-record them. But mm-hmm. uh until then, you know, I thought it'd be nice to to hear what it would sound like more, you know, done more of a modern way so it, yeah. you could actually hear it uh in a more modern style. Yeah. So but yeah, um so just like you know, just like jump scare stuff and aliens and stuff. Uh, most of the time you're sneaking around, but once, but there's a little windows of opportunities to become more melodic. Mm-hmm. And like f- for me, it was for like especially was when there was storytelling when they come across some gruesome scene uh, in the game where you know the, where they find the the workers of the colonists or whatever there, and they found and they they pick up diaries and other kind of stuff. And then I could get, you know more horner horner ish by i would say because and there are but you know still you know golden soul and goldsmith and all that but still it gives you an opportunity to kind of you know tell a story musically while the story's being told curious you know of the games that you've worked on and and other projects to be fair that that you've worked on you know what did you think about the flow of this particular game because you've talked about you know the sneaking around and then the storytelling or the combat or you know more adventurous things but in terms of you know rts type things what what did you think of that flow of energy uh in this game well it seems like most of my game uh, composer career it's it's uh it's always been you know like combat and rts kind of thing yeah uh, i mean dot of war definitely was all you know rts and so yeah. and you know, the problem is with games is that you lots of times you can't always anticipate events but, but what you could do is you compose for the events that you that they say is coming up or they show you mm-hmm. and compose in such a way that it's easier to segue between, say, something that is very quiet and you know moody and spooky and everything, and segue into something that's more exciting uh, or at least more interesting, like storytelling or a, a confrontation, a quick confrontation or something like that. So, well, that's for from a musical standpoint. That's what I mostly did with with uh, with this Aliens game because I think there's. Uh, unlike, say, you know, Dawn of War 2, you know, you're probably going to be spending most of your time bang, bang, shoot, shoot, blow up, <laughs> run away, attack, yeah. that kind of stuff. Where Whereas this one, there's a lot more time to develop things because there, there's, there's a lot of exploration going on. Mm-hmm. So you're mindful of things like uh, of keys and uh, uh, what keys you're in and, and uh, how to make it easy for the people who are doing the game to segue between one segment of music into another. Sure. Uh, I mean, a a lot of people have done interactive music and and made it really, really complex. And it's really a, uh, a a time drain. Uh, You really, and you're not really getting, it seems like a a lot for all the, all the, all the work you put in to make something super interactive. I mean, it works for some things. I mean, just like anything, you know, it works for some things and, you know, other things is, you know, they it they could have they probably could have just done it where, you know, they could have just done it in the mix. So in the game, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we certainly have really great tools now, uh, yeah. where 
where you can do a lot of this mixing and segueing and stuff in, in, in the game engines now. I mean, not just game engines, that's sound engines that's connected to game engines. And the game can, tr- can trigger things in the sound engine. And you can right. program it to do those segues into one thing or the other, you know, and keep track of it. There's a lot of stuff in there I mean, <laughs> that can be done now. I mean... I mean, it's it's amazing the tools. I was at the GDC, and and it was amazing that people could just sit down in front of a program and create a world, decorate with terrain and everything, and characters, and do mm-hmm. stuff just just in one sitting. Yeah. I mean, it's really crazy now. Yeah. So, and and that's the same thing is going on in in the audio world too. There's, there's lots of new tools out there, mm-hmm. lots of things that you can use to make things easier. I mean, I it, I definitely, I I think. Composing now today is a lot easier than it was 10 years ago, mm. uh, just because we have just better tools and also yeah. better computers. Because I can't yeah. tell you how many times I'd be working on something and I have to back up every couple of minutes because the, the <laughs> computer crashed. Yeah. And that hardly happens anymore. Hardly right. ever happens anymore. Yep. And that alone is just <laughs> worth having a, a really, really good computers. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So if it crashes, maybe I only lose a few minutes of stuff, and it's all in here. So I just, I, I mean, at the point where I'm actually composing, I'm, I'm basically dictating because I know what's already it's going to do up oh, here. Okay. So I, just, so I'm just, you know, just going through and putting it all out there, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, through the computer and everything. But because you know, I've already thought it through pretty much. You know, I know what oh, okay. I'm going to do. So if it crashes, well, that's a pain in the butt course but you know i just go go back and just do it again you know and, and yeah. sometimes i have to admit the some the second time through sometimes was better than the first time so <laughs> for sure yeah. yeah so when you're composing you're not necessarily like uh, for instance sitting at a, com- at a at a keyboard and improvising you're you you've thought about it ahead of time it's come it's come to you uh, how, yeah, how just, does that work uh, yeah it's an interesting exercise is that you watch something especially if you're doing t- you're composing the video is that you're watching something and you ask and as a composer you ask yourself you ask yourself what do you hear who do you hear playing what is the music that you hear mm-hmm. and it and it pretty much because of you know there's a lot of if you have a lot of heavy visuals and stuff you know it pretty much answers itself because it, it just it's just obvious of what you need to do I mean, if you if there's a lot of explosions and sound effects and and heavy dialogue, I mean, you have to kind of get out of the way, you know, sure, and let yeah. let let the all the videos and sound effects and, vo- and the voiceovers do their work. But after, but if there's a lot of stretches where there's not a lot of stuff going on, you know, and you want to build up some tension and stuff like that, that's different, you know. So pretty much when you're doing working with video stuff, I, which is, I think is easier than working on games is working with video or, or movie and stuff. You know, it, it, it tells you what to do pretty much. And it's, and it's fixed too. Yeah. Games is more amorphous. You know, you have to, you have situations that you have to, uh, you compose for yeah. and you have to do music stuff. So you, that you know, where it all can fit together in kind of an asynchronous way, because you never know, when some event might be triggered and stuff. So you keep it in a certain key and, you know, they hope hopefully the guys doing the sound of the game, you know, are, are using all the available, you know, uh, music that, that, that I give them so that they can, you know, segue to the various kind of moods they need as the scenes change. And I think in this game, it definitely, in this game, and there's a lot of changes of scenery and it's, and it's pretty, you know, it's pretty like, Pretty drastic. I mean, it's you go from low ebbs to really high intensity kind of stuff, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is the way the Alien franchise works a lot. You know, from a lot of low intensity stuff, of dread, waiting for something to happen, and then something happens. Yeah. And so you go from those lows to the highs, and then back down to the lows again. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you have to have music that can address those kind of situations, and you know, like storytelling or just and a quick encounter or. You know, or just creeping along, and you're hearing sound, and the and you have your 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 detector, you know, beeping, saying there's something out there. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> that kind of stuff. So you compose for those situations. It's more situational composing rather than mm-hmm. and like than video, where you actually have everything's fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can anticipate everything, and you can make a flow, and you know, do do what it needs to do. Yeah. Uh, so it's different. I, I I really I think gaming. Could be a lot more difficult than than doing than going to video. I th- I love doing for movies because it's 
<laughs> it's all fixed, man. There's yeah. that stuff moving around. And I can, you know, I can compose directly for all the images and they're not going to move. They're all there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just did two episodes for uh, Hammer and Bolter. Okay. And so that was, that was a lot of fun too. And yeah. I, as I thought it was fun and easy to do. I mean, it's, it flowed pretty quickly and I, and you know, they, they sent me a script and everything, and I started composing already because I anticipated, you know, what wow. was going to happen, what the highs and, highs and lows are, and started composing ideas. And so yeah. when I actually got the video without music, you know, when it's just sound effects and voiceover and, and visual, visuals and stuff, I can compose right to it, and I can plug in some of the pieces that I did ahead of time, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and basically, it's not supposed to move. I mean, actually, this episode, they did move a bunch of stuff, so I had to make a, accommodations. but. It's not had. It's not world shaking. You don't have to change yeah. everything. You just have to be able to move stuff around a bit. And, yeah. And you know, these days, you know, composing is is like working with a word processor. You know, you can <laughs> cut and paste and move and stuff like that. So yeah. it's easier to. It's a lot easier to do some edits and stuff. And and like say these days. It's not prone to crashing anymore when you're trying yeah. to edit something, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, which was usually the problem trying yeah. to edit something and then it crashed because the the computer went, "Oh no, I can't do this!" <laughs> Bang! <laughs> it was dead. You know, I mean, the pace, though, you know, for something like TV is so fast, right? You have, like, five minutes to write music for 12 episodes or something like that compared to, you know, spending a couple of years on a game. Or, I mean, what is does that affect you? Do you have any feelings about write, needing to write quickly compared to getting to spend time with it? Well, just, so the, just because of the tools and because I'm more used to it. Yeah. I, you know, I become quicker and faster yeah. in the way of how I do things. I mean, yeah. uh, it, the tools and the stuff I use allows me to be that way. I could really go fast. So that it's gotten a lot of better for doing that sort of thing. And mainly it's just a lot of back and forth when you're working on, on say, uh, on a game where you have all these environments and you have all these milestones you want to hit. And, yeah, you know, and you need a year to, to work on it because, you know, they... <laughs> You work on stuff, and yeah. then you they send it for feedback, and they come back and want some changes, and you make changes and send it back. There's, so there's a lot of back and forth and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TV the TV episode kind of thing moves a little fast, but I think one of the reasons why is because you know it is fixed. You know, uh, the yeah. character's not going to do something ex- unexpected in the middle of the video. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, he's there. <laughs> yeah, that's so, very true. Yeah. So yeah, so the games, the game stuff, the yeah, there's, there's a lot of a lot more back and forth, and plus I work on other things too on the side, but there's still mm-hmm. um, mainly, um, you know, it does take it takes time to do it. You know, a year. Usually, I spend about a year on a on a game. Okay. Uh, okay. Like something significant, like a Battlefleet Gothic or something like that. And we talked a little bit about this, that, you know, when you started, you kind of already had started the music in a way because they were trying to pitch this project, right? So, yeah, I, mean, I think he had already pitched it by the time I got it. Oh, okay, and, okay. And there was, but they were still in the early stages of, sure. of things. Okay, so, okay. I mean, they couldn't show me a lot of gameplay or anything. I'm like, none. I, they could yeah. show me artwork, which I love to do. I mean, I always tell them if you, you know, but if we're starting this project, send as much artwork as you can. Okay. How much, if there's in game play, stuff like that, send that. Anything mm-hmm. that gives me visuals and the feeling sort of things. And I can use that to compose to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that really generally works out. And usually, I mean, after a while, they start you know coming up with a lot of stuff and everything, and things start yep. taking off. And, uh, and then you can see how well you you've done. You know, when you start seeing some of the results put together with yeah. with their work and, and your work. So 
Well, and the game looks absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it it's I I love isometric views like that. It's such a huge it's one of my favorite things is to see that I love that bird's eye thing and it's just absolutely gorgeous environments. Yeah, you should see uh, the Demon Hunters game that I worked on last before that, oh. which was another Warhammer game. And they have, and it's kind of like an XCOM type, type of th- situation. Yeah. You're familiar with that? Turn-based? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So it's it's like that, only it's Warhammer. And oh, I, nice. I think they're, they're still doing like download con- content for it and stuff. Oh, so sweet. I think it must be doing well in sales and stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah. And I have to start playing it. I, I really liked, uh, there's this game, what was the name of the game? Um, uh Hang on just one second. I'm gonna, oh, yeah, no worries. The thing is called Mutant Year Zero. Okay. You ever heard of that one? Mutant what zero? Mutant Year Zero? Mutant Year Zero. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, come I on. Not. I'm going to Google it right now, though. Yeah, and it's a it's a turn-based game. Well, I've played it a lot. Uh, okay. I've played it several times because... Talk about a beautiful game. It's just very, mm. just a beautiful game to watch. Yeah. Um, I think you can even download a demo of it and play like a, a, a level of it, but it's really, really a nice, uh, beautiful looking game and, and nice game mechanics and, and it's just a lot of fun to play. And uh, so the game for Demon Hunters is a little bit inspired by that, but it was definitely that kind of XCOM approach for okay. turn-based stuff and yeah. you know loading up your characters with what new weapons yeah. and <laughs> doing all that. You know, you've mentioned a few times about keys and, you know, how that can make things, transitions a lot better and um, make things related, all the things. But, um, you know, do you, how do you feel about keys? Do you think, you know, I'm, I want this to be an A minor or do you just write the melody and it happens to be an A minor? You know what I mean? Like, how does, does that um, affect you at all? I mean, all, all of the above, kind of. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. sometimes I hear it in my head. I don't necessarily know what key it is. Right. And then I go to the keyboard and I play it, and yeah. and I just go, "Oh, it's it is it is E minor. I mean, A minor. You <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll go from there. Okay. You know, I, yeah. So yeah, I do kind of do a lot of uh, minor keys in my my stuff just because of the nature of the things I do. Yes. And, uh, yes. And like, yeah, most of Dawn of War Two was probably in, in a minor key, and I, I told a lot of people that re, the, I call this kind of music this this uh, this uh, uh, space marines type music. I call it them manly music for manly men. So <laughs> because it's epic, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I'm and that's probably been my wheelhouse for a lot for uh, the last twenty years is doing the epic mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I, I seem to be okay with it because people keep hiring me to do it. <laughs> so. <laughs> So aliens was kind of a, a nice change from that because uh, mm. uh, you know it's because there's it was a lot more emotional and there was a lot more subtlety yeah and uh, and the sound and so it it allows me to go in a different direction and it just so happens that something you know it, it was a a franchise I've been sort of worshiping for years anyway so <laughs> yeah. I was ready to go so I want to do something like this you know and here's the yep. opportunity to do something like this and this is great so yep yep so yeah I hear it in my head play it out and you know I have favorite keys like anyone like could like D minor and C minor and mm. A minor <laughs> since I do a lot of minor stuff you know <laughs> I throw some major chords in there too really but uh, for sure. yeah a lot of a lot of minor stuff because just the nature of the in the medium you know yep yep absolutely so. uh yeah there's a track called um the queen must die and at the end you kind of build all these cluster chords and the brass comes in and they're just it it builds an in intensity really quickly, and I I really loved also the like piccolos are going crazy and the woodwinds are going crazy with these flourishes in the background. I just really liked how that intensity built at the end of at the end of that track. 
Yeah, well, a lot of practice from doing all that that uh, Warhammer stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I got after the uh, after doing the alien stuff, I was like kind of glad to be doing some of the episodes for Warhammer because <laughs> I got to go back and and stop being so subtle. You know, I could be right? a, you know go back to being a blunt instrument, you know, <laughs> musically. So, so 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 sure at, at mm-hmm. points like the Queen Must Die, you know, we get to to you know be more of a blunt instrument there and, and build up to something you yeah, know yeah. and it make and, and it just so happens it's a nice contrast from everything else you've been doing you know up to that point sure so it really really resticks really out so And, you know, on the soundtrack itself, there are some shorter tracks, and then you kind of stretch out on some of the others to kind of, I think, go on this journey, probably more akin to what it might be like to play a level, is my assumption. And yeah. and those are really, really fun tracks. And I kept getting stuck on and listening over and over again to Check Your Corners. It's, it's like a nine-and-a-half-minute track, and I just yeah. loved how how you wove the story in, into that track. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, deciding yeah, it, it, to construct it like that? Yeah, it's almost Asmar. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, it, that was very deliberate. That we took a, an approach where they wanted these really long sections. And since they get stems for everything, they, they can remix all this stuff. Yeah, because I mean, here you are. You're talking about an hour's worth of music for for like a forty hour game, right? So, so having stems and stuff is really important to them because they be, are able to remix these things and kind of make it sound a bit different and, yeah. and really stretch out the music for quite a bit. So, one of the things I did, I'd done a lot of things were already and demos for them. I I'd done some of these things stretch out because okay, I wanted to. But first, I had like some vignette, shorter vignettes of things for storytelling and other things, and they're also all in the same key, you know, mm. so that yep. I anticipated them being you know stuck together. And then I sort of uh, struck on the idea of of just taking the various vignettes and stuff I'd done, you know, for the you know the creeping around and you know the discovery and the, some of the storytelling and then encounters and then the major encounters and running away and stuff like that. So and I I put them together and arranged them together in in one long track and they really like that. They like that idea. So I mean it's kind of unusual to be recording, you know, uh you know a 20 minute stem, but <laughs> <laughs> which is which is, but it, it was fine to me because it was. It's kind of cohesive when it's done like that. Mm-hmm. And there's long stretches where there, you know, you're not not a lot enough stuff is happening in the game. I imagine, uh, so that it's nice to have stuff that's already cohesive to begin with and to work yeah. with that. Yeah. And so, and it was easy enough to edit out because uh, you know there's multiple tracks there and it makes it very easy to separate parts out of it and use it separately and stuff like so they were so that was kind of the format I gave it to them and uh, the format that uh that I delivered it and all the stems so about you know if you can imagine you know like uh 15 or 20 tracks of uh stems at each 20 minutes long you know yeah. but there's a lot of dead space in some of those tracks because nothing's happening I mean yeah you don't have you don't have a, a woodwind, woodwind section playing the entire time, you know. So, but so, but it's easier to it's easy to edit because you see everything there, you know. And mm-hmm. you, it's just a matter of splitting stuff you need and everything, and possibly even recombining some things, you know, because it's it's uh, fluid enough and subtle enough that you can probably recombine some things to come up with something new. Which is fine. I encourage it. I mean, here you take this section over here that had you know some you know low brass, and you combine it with this section over here it was just a lot of high strings and stuff, creepy strings, and put them together. And, and since it was the same key, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's very subtle sounding. Well, you put it together. What do you know? You have something that sounds a little new. And yeah. you know, I I 
I can see why that would become necessary for a very long game because, like I said, 40-hour game, perhaps, you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make that stuff stretch, you know, <laughs> and yeah. work out. Otherwise, you pay me for 40 hours of music. You know, I don't think they want to do that. <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? That's a lot of writing, too, but yeah. That's a lot of writing, too, <laughs> that's a yeah. Lot of writing. I think it took a couple of years, I think. get fooled so i just ask is this live orchestra no okay no. it sounds great you know what i mean like i can't i it sounds fantastic i, I could tell you a little story here yeah um when i i mean i've been a musician all my life a bass is point was my primary instrument then i okay. played in bands and i started picking up keyboards playing those stuff and then i got tired of you know you know of uh you know, the drummer breaking furniture or, <laughs> or, or the guitars coming in high or, you know, <laughs> or just noodling around. So yeah, what that last band broke up everything. I said, I'm not going to be in, in a band until I could do it all myself. And then the MIDI revolution came oh, okay. along. And since I was a, at that time, I was a software engineer. I wrote my own music MIDI recording and, wow. and music recording software. Uh, that I, I did one album with it. Uh, it's kind of a, a rushish kind of prog rock kind of nice. album. And then, nice. but by the time I finished that, and uh, you know, they started coming out with software that actually was a lot better, more features than mine. So <laughs> I got left behind, but it was very, very informative. Well, I mean, yeah. I, it, 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 it really taught me about the underpinnings of MIDI and stuff. I mean, I really understand what MIDI does at all levels because, you know, mm. I programmed for it to, to work <laughs> and to record yeah. and I understand all the concepts and everything. So that was pretty nice. And I, and it, the album was a good experience. So around two, around 2000, the computers really started becoming more powerful. Yeah. And that was kind of a leg up for me. I but at that time I'd already started doing some uh, composing and stuff with the virtual instruments and stuff. And I really got into that as a, from an engineering point of view, uh, as well as a, a musical point of view, because I had to pretty much, I was, wasn't, wasn't exactly rich then. I had to, I had to build my own computers and, yeah. you know, and which I, I was capable of doing because of an engineer. And, and it was yeah. kind of, and now that the, the, that you could create scores and computers, well, what do you know? You know, producers and directors, they want to hear the score before you record it. <laughs> oh my! What a concept! And a lot of a lot of composers of the period, you know, of that of that time, were afraid of computers. They had they didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So I had kind of a leg up. I could I could actually do scores and stuff and show them this is what it's going to sound like, you know, in your game cool. and stuff like that. And and I started getting in contact with people, especially uh, Games Workshop. It's you know, and find and then the I got the audition for uh, Dawn of War two, and yeah. by that time I had pretty pretty well equipped studio for the time because uh, huh. I had kind of kind of a studio already from my from my band days you know sure. I had mixers and all that kind of stuff and I just had and then, then the computers stuff and then buying virtual instruments and things like that so I was pretty pretty prepared for that sort of thing so mm. whereas a lot of other composers they weren't prepared at all this was a right. whole new new genre and suddenly you know the you know directors and producers are asking to hear the score before before it was recorded right. which is kind of and now it's not re unreasonable at all because the tools are so good you can do it just like i mean it followed the same kind of arc as as virtual reality you know and photorealistic animation mm -hmm. as the tools got better and it becomes easier and easier and more realistic mm -hmm. as as time went by and so yeah. so i i was able to ride the wave you know like a surfer i caught the wave you know and yeah. i've been real riding it ever since you know <laughs> because you know i was ahead of the curve for, for yeah. a lot of things yeah and uh i was part of a group that that actually branched out to a lot of fairly well-known composers and and uh instrument makers that are out there that uh provide okay. some of the the main instruments out there all rural in this group called northern sounds and uh and we knew each other uh 
You ever hear? You ever heard some? There's two steps from hell. Huh? Wow. Well, I mean, this guy's pretty well known. I mean, he's probably one of the best composers I've ever met in my life, and <laughs> and he could he could throw things together. He could throw whole symphonies together in like three hours, which I could never do. Wow. It was a very slow and painful process. But he was one of the guys in that. So he he's been thriving doing his own thing called Two Steps from Hell, and it's, he's very popular and he's out there, and it's very okay. epic music too. Okay. And you hear it everywhere because. He's also a ground floor guy like I was. And so, okay. and he was the go to guy when he was creating all this music. And the guy has far more knowledge in music than I do. I mean, he was born to it like Mozart. You know, mm. how Mozart was when he was, oh, yeah. you know, from a kid? That's how this guy was. He <laughs> wow. was he, he was doing symphonies when he was 18. Wow. So, so he yeah. was amazing. So, a lot of these people went on to, you know, huge careers. And uh, we were all like the people catching the wave. So yeah, that, that's how I got to this point. Were this, you that. pretty self-taught, would you say, in terms of music and coding, software, engineering? I mean, how did how did that all work? Well, it was mostly all self-taught, except for maybe self-taught, except for maybe uh, digital electronics, which I had to you actually had to use books and things like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and so. Well, once I learned that, I mean, I for a while I, I tracked weather satellites for uh, for NOAA. Okay. And yeah. while I was doing that, I was going to school uh, and I'm cool. learning digital electronics. And along the process, that I found out I liked I like programming better than I liked designing hardware. And okay. I, I could do digital digital electronics. I could design a, a computer from scratch, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and I did. I, I made text, text, you know, test fe- uh, fixtures were. Uh, you know, it would test things like hard disk and stuff. And okay. so I, I, I did that. I wrote the software and the firmware, and I found out I really liked that uh, better. And mm-hmm. I, that's where I learned assembly language. And assembly language is very important because it's extremely fast okay. uh, compared with, you know, you know, programming in C language and some of the others. So assembly language is, is machine language. It's the base thing that the, the processor knows how to execute. And I got pretty good at that. And that came in handy when I when I designed my own MIDI software wow, because yeah. I could write a lot of stuff in machine language that made it fast enough to be able to record everything I needed to do. Amazing. So so yeah, I, a lot of this stuff is you know was kind of self taught, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also it was also evolutionary between you know yeah. when, I, when I graduated from being a kind of a hardware software engineer to a purely software engineer. Yeah. And then the step into music it was, it was pretty easy. By the time really good, you know, fairly decent software came along, because it became just an extension of what I was doing anyway. Instead of writing assembly language, I was, you know, I was now writing music because assembly language is taking little tiny instructions, short instructions, putting them together to make something complex. And the okay. music is the same thing. You're putting yeah. together little notes and everything, to, and you come up with something complex. Yeah. And you're using an interface where you put all that stuff together and you program it, mm-hmm. either assembly language or C language or whatever, and you're the same way with music. It's, just, it's all there in front of you on the computer, and you just do it. You program it. I program music. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. I compose I compose software. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I mean, I... You know, there there are, uh, there are people like like you with with that computer brain, and you. That's just a huge part of your musical language is also that that technical language. You know, I mean, it just I love that. It fascinates me, and I, I can only imagine how that one informs the other. Of course, it's going to. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and as for the other half of the question, is that um, I've. I've been involved with music all my life. When I was starting out, when I was like five years old, with a record player, li- listening to band songs, later to musicals and other, okay. and actually music scores and stuff like that. And yeah. and later on, getting infatuated with uh, classical music and prog rock. And yeah, I learned some some reading of music, but you know, I may I may compose like a champ, but I read like crap. Do you? So, yeah. <laughs> But that I, that's okay because I yeah. don't need to be able to read music because reading right. music is mainly for for performers and I'm not a performer yeah. in the traditional sense. Yeah. I'm a composer, so I I could do I could put together the stuff of people to ha- who need to read something. I yes. could do that. Yes, you know, and I have yeah. the tools to do that, and that helps me along. Or I can hire somebody to do it for me. Right. I mean, if I really right. wanted to <laughs> wanted to do it right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So. 
So yeah, it's a, it's all evolutionary. I mean, you just it, it just one thing leads to another, and you here you arrive at a certain point, and you wonder how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> here you are. Yeah, yeah. It's like some song about uh, it was about uh, you know, you know uh, living in a house, a beautiful house, and I have a beautiful wife. And how did I get here? <laughs> I think you remember, if you remember that pop song about that. Yeah, I so, don't. <laughs> yeah. It, Talking Heads or something, I think was everything. Okay. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, yeah it's uh, it just the nature of life is that you know a lot of things just become, you know, just a progression of events that leads you to a certain yeah. outcome or a certain place in life. So. a wonderful franchise I, I mean I think it's a, a beautiful addition to the to the world of alien and aliens and all the things well it, I always I felt like like when I got the thing I was like you know once again it's evolutionary We're just, I've just been building up to this point to do have this opportunity right yeah and, it, and I've been preparing for that opportunity most of my composing career back to the ba my band days when when before i was a composer uh i mean a composer for like now not a composer for rock and prog rock you know? yeah yeah uh, but but you know it's yeah it just it seemed like you know it uh i just prepared since that time when the movies first came out and got the scores and yeah. listened to him to death and wore out the grooves of the vinyl records that I was uh, <laughs> that had it and you know trying to analyze what they were doing and how it was done mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and uh, and then later on you know so so yeah it seems like oh okay when I got to this point I go okay aliens yeah okay I can do this matter of fact it was funny here's a story is that when I had the meeting it was not a Zoom meeting but a Google Meet meeting and it had all the developer guys at there and they were about five guys there and me and and they were like they're asking me going so how do you feel about this are, are you you know how i mean how is this it are you do you feel I, they weren't saying it but they were like you're saying are you feeling anxiety or is, is it like too big for you i'm like oh no <laughs> i'm ready for this i can't yeah. wait to do this and then i started telling them what my approach was uh, would be which is basically is that i wanted you know you know i was the lead figure in the warhammer music and create a lot of that okay mm -hmm. so and i i got to do what i wanted but this this was a franchise with established sound with established composers and I didn't want to, as a fan, be disappointed by playing a game that didn't sound and feel like Alien. And by God, I was going to do a score that sounded like Alien. Mm -hmm. So, and I told them, I was telling them that. And they were like, okay, yeah. sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to us. <laughs> yeah. Because they were kind of doing the same thing, you know. I yep. mean, I mean, the environments are very similar to what you see in the first three movies. Yeah, I mean, just the in the opening notes of the score, you know where you are. You know, I mean, so yeah, I don't think I don't think fans will be very disappointed. It sounds yeah. sounds like Alien to me. I love it. Yeah, I I just hope the people who really love the scores and stuff, uh, you know, get turned on to it as well and discover yep. it. And that's why I hope they put out a soundtrack so that those yeah. fans could get to it too. Because there's a uh, there's a group of doing something about uh, that together is all dedicated to aliens and you can join it and you can, and there's this big, huge project and I, I'd have to send you a link or something if you're really interested, but yeah. uh, there, I mean, it was just indicative of how, how large the fan base is for aliens and the, and the music as well. Sure. Cause there's a, there's a Facebook group called, scores and soundtracks and every so once in a while you know the alien stuff comes up you know and mm -hmm. there's a lot of discussion about it and i mean there's people out there who are real big fans and those are the people i don't want to disappoint i want them to, be, to feel like you know that yeah you know they got something what they paid for you know which was to be in that environment 
mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. feel that that thrill again of watching the movies for the first time yeah. and having your pants scared off, you know? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> not puking, maybe, but maybe hey. not puking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, what more do you want to say about, you know, the experience or the process or, or anything? Uh, no, I, I, I pretty much uh, blathered all the, all the things that I was thinking about it. I mean, Good. The, at least the larger points. I mean, but there's other details and things you want that you're interested in. I, I can answer those as well. But, uh, um, I mean, maybe I would like to know a little bit more about, you know, the, the orchestra and I mean, I know, you know what I mean? Um, just with regards to any special instrument choices you wanted to add to it to maybe just give it a tiny bit of Doyle or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, I have a lot of traditional instrument libraries and most composers in my business, we all have pretty much the same tools because there's the there's these major tools that everyone uses and i like for example several you know a number of string libraries and and the, one of the, the ones i used the most for the string libraries for this i had other choices too was called modern scoring strings which was actually recorded by the same people in hollywood who probably did alien aliens <laughs> because they're still in the orchestras the hollywood orchestras and stuff Wow. So, yeah. and plus it just had that sound. I mean, not all string libraries sound the same. Yeah. Uh, some are way back there and some are way close up here or, mm-hmm. or some are really spread out and, and no, but this particular library, for example, was something that, that had the sound that I wanted. And you really hear that on that, uh, that tribute last track, you know, uh, where yeah. I'm, I'm redoing stuff because I wanted to sound as good or better than, and what was on the record because mm-hmm. with modern scoring techniques, but also beyond that, I mean, uh, it, it, it might not have any meaning to you, but I have like over four terabytes of instruments. Oh, geez. And my, <laughs> wow. uh, my, my template is like 1500 tracks wow. of instruments and Incredible. I have room for a lot more and I'm going to be adding more and yeah. probably taking some out too, but, uh, I'm at, I'll be adding more. So it, the possibilities have, especially in the last, 10 years especially have really increased mm-hmm. so that you can do something that's more uh, in line with what you want to do and what you want to sound, including a lot of sound design kind of stuff. And, and it sure. was really important to do that and to have that kind of, those kind of tools uh, when I was doing the alien stuff, because I used, you know, fed a whole bunch of instruments to, to, to check it for their alienness, you might say. <laughs> and so I could use them. And, and I did. And there's there's a lot of things, a lot of instruments in there that just hasn't been heard, was never heard in the original Alien scores at all. Okay. Because they were pretty much confined to traditional orchestra. Sure. Even though they did things that were kind of sound design-ish sort of things like the echo colonial, you know, you need yep. an echo machine to do that. <laughs> Although some of them... <laughs> You know, some of them do like you know some some people goofing around where they're doing that like horror music and they and they instead of using an echo, they explain it by going, ch 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 yeah, well, yeah. so you don't actually need sometimes an echo machine. I mean, a colonial people people doing colonial, they could they could do the same thing, you know, just easier and and kind of do True. that sort of thing. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that on the scores they use an echo machine. So yeah. there was some sound design there. But yeah. today the, the the sound design things that are out there are, are just there's just a huge amount of stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, more than I can I have more instruments than I can listen to in a lifetime actually. I mean I have to be selective and go through it and kind of vet it and do searches and stuff and figure out you know what particular mm-hmm. things are uh, that that we were useful. And generally, before a project, I'll go through a whole bunch of things, a lot of the stuff that has uh, 
so my answer was it has a lot of possibilities and go through and listen to a lot of things and and then mm-hmm. you know make notes and make it and yeah, bookmark them you might say yeah. so that i can use them later in the project so because oh this sounds good sounds something from aliens but it wasn't in aliens so i think i can use this and i did nice <laughs> so there's many things like that i i had that capability doing this sound design stuff in order to give to help along with the moods and and to promote the you know the the alien universe without detracting from it because yeah. i mean i hate when you know composers end up you know detracting from from the original thing and just not be, being yeah. true enough to the to the original intent of the composers who actually established the musical language you know right. so yeah. i try to do a balanced thing i try to do stuff that's traditional and the way it was but also adding a lot of newer instruments yeah. but still in the same feeling and mode of, of what aliens was and trying not to be a distraction you know right. uh, from because my job is is in support of dialogue and sound effects and video that's mm-hmm. my job mm-hmm. my job is not to stand out my job is to help intent uh, enhance the experience yeah of, of the people who are playing the games or watching the videos or whatever you know is that so i'm in a support role yeah and i was yeah. like one James Newton Howard famously said in one, although it's not quoted a lot, uh, in one of the extras, I think it was for Sign, the movie Signs, he says, mm. he says I don't write for silence. And that's always stuck with me since right. that, that movie's been out a while. Says, and, and that's true. A lot yeah. of it, we don't write for silence. The only time mm-hmm. we write for silence is for like credits or yep. the intro score yep. and everything else. Is not for silence. It's it's in support of, of everything else. Yeah, and that's the main thing. That's always the most important thing to me. Is I try to do things that's in, that's in support of what you're seeing on the screen and what the sounds you're hearing and the dialogue that's going on. Dialogue is king. Dialogue is on top. It's it's ne- nothing ever supplants that. Uh, sound effects and music. Sometimes sound effects is the most important. Sometimes the music's more important. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're smart, you go through and you figure out which those things are when you're doing working with video kind of stuff. And uh, but but dialogue king, and, yeah. and all the rest is, is all support of that. So yeah, yeah it requires dec- discretion and and uh, humility, I guess, to stay out of the way, you know, and to have that kind of. Uh, sense of of that to to be supportive, not in the foreground. Yeah, yeah. John Williams is really good at that. Even though he had a very classical approach, a very listenable approach to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you don't notice the music going on. Lots of times you don't notice the music going, and it's there. <laughs> yeah. But other times it, it it's 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 in your face, and it really enhances. I think, for example, one of my favorite scenes in all the Star Wars stuff was the first movie, which I, by the way, when it first came out, Star Wars first came out. I think I watched it twenty four times in a movie theater. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want a side story here, uh, yeah, before yeah. we get to get get to Star Wars, is that is that I live in the Bay Area, and you know, Lucas and all those those guys are in the Bay Area too, yeah. and they had a uh, this showing of Star Wars before it came out publicly they, they had in the cornet theater they had a screening of star wars okay so, and i got tickets to it wow so i went to i went to the theater so i was like one among the first couple hundred people to see it yeah and in that first scene you know the, the credits coming up and all that stuff and then the, and the people are kind of you hear clapping and stuff like that and then when the big ship comes over the top yeah like, like this yeah yeah people were clapping and screaming and shouting and almost <laughs> drowned out the movie because we finally knew, we finally knew we're getting a science fiction movie that actually looked good yeah. and sounded good. Because yeah. up to that time, there was very, very few movies that were a science fiction that were any good. Yeah. You know, they were flawed in some way. Yeah. And that and Aliens probably just opened up the whole genre so that now everyone wants to do science fiction. Yeah. But that at that moment in the movie theater, people were just cheering and clapping and shouting because wow. they couldn't believe what they were seeing. Something that looked that good. Yeah. And then throughout the movie, throughout the movie, people were were clapping and cheering. And at the end there was a thunderous ovation. So it was quite <laughs> an experience. So wow. to get back to my other point about John Williams doing a really a great some yeah. really great stuff is that there's a scene with the Jawas when they have yeah. this big tank-like thing. Oh, yeah. And they're just rolling through the desert. 
And the music behind it is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. If you listen to it. So, <laughs> and I said, and I was, that's one of those things where your mom was if I'm ever a composer and I can compute, I can do something that good. Yeah. I'll really feel I've accomplished something. <laughs> so, because <laughs> it was just a perfect moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it, was, and, it, and it fit everything. It fit the Jawas, it fit the situation, everything. It was just a perfect scene with perfect music. Cool. But anyway, love it. Love I, it. Love my it. little digression, digression there. So, <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, well, yeah, let me know if there's anything else you want to add or anything I didn't I ask. Um, but it was really enjoyable to to hear it and to be to spend time in that world and um uh it sounds great. So, uh it was really fun doing. Well, Thank I'm you so much. I'm glad you like it. I, and, yeah. and the best praise is that you felt like it like you were in the alien environment Big time. That's, yeah. That's that's the thing I was mostly aiming for. I wanted yeah. you to feel it, like, yeah. and not be disappointed. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've been disappointed too many times watching other movies that yeah. that just didn't deliver, you know, especially in their sequels. It just didn't yeah. deliver. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. Uh, by the way, Aliens Dark Descent is getting a soundtrack release, so you can keep your eye out for that. You can learn more about Doyle Donahue, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com level. Check out the video of our chat with Doyle on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please do subscribe and like and get notifications. All of those things help us tremendously. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. In space, nobody can hear you say hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.